there's something special about being in the presence of God. There's something powerful that takes place when we enter into his presence and we push aside our feelings to worship our heavenly father. You know, when you walk into church and I can tell you this, even personally, there's some times that even myself, I can walk in and you know, you just don't feel it sometimes. You ever been there? Oh, am I the only one that's, that's like this? Am I alone up here? Don't act like you're all holy and all saved, oversaved. There's sometimes you can walk into a faith-filled room, but you're still like, something's off. And your emotions can get the best of you where they begin to try to drag you down because of the worries that you have going on on the inside because of the battle that you have going on on the inside. But I have found that when I push through the uncomfortable, when I push through the things that I don't want to do, when I push through my feelings and my idea in this moment and my emotions in this moment, and I just lift my hands and I say, God, do what only you can do. I don't feel it right now, but God, I know that you're here. Sometimes you have to speak it even though you don't feel it or see it. And God will begin to shift something on the inside of you. And you'll find yourself back into a place. You're like, God, you are here. And your presence is here. And we're in the midst of your presence. I never want to leave this place not feeling God's presence. I don't want to be like Jacob where I wake up and say, oh, God, you were here and I didn't even know it. And sometimes we can allow that to happen, even in a faith filled room like this. We can walk in here and we can feel down and we can have our own idea and we can say, you know what, I'm just showing up. But can I tell you, sometimes just showing up is enough because God can do something when you just show up, when you just arise and arrive in his presence. So I don't know who this is for today, but if you've walked in here feeling like I'm just giving God another opportunity. I don't feel it right now. I'm not even feeling him right now, but I know he's real and I need him to do something. Can I just congratulate you or applaud you for being in his presence today? Because sometimes all it takes is just saying, God, I'm here again and I can't do it without you. Because the devil wants to distract you. The devil can't win you, but he can distract you. He can detour you. He can throw little things in front of you that make you trip up. He can make situations happen around you that make you think that God's not real. He can make things shift like, you know, just kind of giving you these illusions that things are actually bad when really they're not. It's just the way that you see them. So that way you'll start to doubt God and you'll start to believe the worst and you'll just say, well, this is just how life is. But can I tell you, when you serve God, this is not how just life is, because we we believe by faith more than we see. And we have to understand that faith comes by hearing. So if you're finding yourself in a place that's down today, can I tell you, go to his word because faith comes by hearing. And sometimes we like to read the word and we read it like this. And and that's okay because that'll fill your mind. But when you elevate the situation 
and you start reading God's words that say that they exalted him up to the highest place and that he was given the name you start to, to feel something on the inside and that is the presence of God in your spirit begin to stir his faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God the Bible says so we got to lift our perspective with our mouth you can't win the battle in your mind in your mind you have to elevate it with this because when you start to speak things into existence and you start to declare the name of Jesus, I will, I'm here to tell you today, the devil must flee at the name of Jesus. The enemy must run. He will shrill. He will flee in the name of Jesus. It's not even my sermon today, but we are already having church. I do want to get to my sermon today and I really feel like God's given me a word today that is going to help us in our journey of life. You know, nothing is more frustrating than when you're, you're trying to make a change in your life and you find yourself not being able to change. When you want to change, you've hoped to change, you've even tried to change, you've got this thing about you that you're just like, ah, it's like the ick on, you, on yourself. And you can't find yourself changing. It's just you keep hitting a wall. You keep finding frustration after frustration. And we've been discovering how to have the power to change in our life through, through the power of God and through his word. And I, I just got a simple question for you today. But how many of you like to win? I'm not talking about like, not the Christian win where it's like, oh, you, you, you first. I'm talking like, you're like, no, me first. I won. I like to win. How many of you are competitive? You're like, I like to win. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to win. And everyone else is just going to suck. Like, it just is what it is. I'm going to quote the famous theologian, Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Some of y'all, y'all drive that way. You live your life that way. And I actually have a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that I want to read to you today that says that very thing. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verses 24 through 27. And if you're not already standing, would you stand in honor of God's word today as we read it? The Apostle Paul is instructing us on the life that we are to live. It says this in verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. But we live in a world today where everyone gets a trophy. And that's a whole nother sermon. But I got to tell you that everybody gets the trophy at the end of a race. And we teach our kids sometimes that you win even when you just tried and trying is good. But I want to talk about trying today. Just because you tried doesn't mean you'll win. Even just because you showed up without any training, it doesn't mean you're going to win. Don't you realize that in every race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win, he said. 
All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for the eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. So I will run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training to do what it should. Paul is, is, is talking about this, but Paul did not say run to finish. He did not say just run for fun. This is a participation effort. Just run for participation. No, what did Paul say? He said, if you're going to run, run to win. Don't run just to have fun. I know those coaches sometimes, and this is why I don't coach Little League, because parents would hate me. They're like, oh, we're just to have fun. No, we're not. They are losers. We are winners. We will win. Stop picking your nose in the grass. Put your glove on the right hand. I would be the most frustrated coach. That's why my wife has told me, why don't you coach? You know, the boys can play. I'm like, nah, I'm trying to win people for Jesus, not make them want to leave because they're like, that pastor's mean. I'm just competitive. If I'm going to run, I'm going to run to win. Why would I waste my energy on halfway doing something? You're going to work, work hard. You're going to be in a marriage, work hard. Be married hard. Like dig yourself in on that thing. If you're going to be single, then be single and be pure and love Jesus and do it hard. Run to win with that. You're going to be a father, then run hard. Be the best dang father anyone could see and find. If you're going to be a mom, then run hard. Run to win. Just because you got married doesn't make you a husband or a wife. Just because you have a child, it does not make you a mother or a father. You have to work to be that. So I want to preach to you today from the title, You've Been Trying for Too Long. You've been trying for too long. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for what you're doing in this space. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to speak to us today, that your word purify our minds. Your word says that it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's meant to cut through down to our core and everything we believe and every ideology and theology we might have and every feeling we might face. Let it cut to our core. Let us see who you are. Show us your face today. Let us experience your joy, your peace, your grace, and your mercy. Let us experience your hope and freedom and restoration. Because you have the power to give it. So we ask, Lord, that you would hear our voice today. That you would open our hearts and minds to your word. That we may be transformed and renewed from the inside out. Let us not leave here the same way that we stepped in here or clicked on this screen. But, Lord, let us be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Let us be renewed. Somebody say renewed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you're seated today. Welcome them to church. Say it's good to see you. You smell good. You look good. You came ready for church. Some of you may have to speak by faith. 
But again, faith comes by hearing and something they need to probably hear. Have you ever had a time in your life where you just weren't winning at life? Anybody ever been like that, felt like that? Like you just, you just weren't winning? Like, why is it that so many areas in our life, sometimes we feel like we're just not winning? Like we just, like we, we, we're not winning. It just feels like we're not winning spiritually. Like you just, I just, I can't seem to get a hold of it. Like I'm just, feels like we're not able to win financially. Just, I can't win. I can't win relationally. I just keep going after relationship after relationship. I keep going from, from boyfriend or girlfriend to boyfriend or girlfriend. I just keep running from one to the other. And like, I just, I, it's, I'm just not winning. I mean, have you ever felt like you just, you're, you're just, you're not winning at overcoming temptation. It finds its way to keep creeping back in at your door. Like you can't, you just feel like I'm not winning in my mind. I just keep having worry. I keep having anxiety. If I'm supposed to run to win the race, then why am I not winning? It's because you've been trying for too long. Here's what I've found in life and discovered. And it's that we we've developed something called TTOT. It's the theology of trying. Yes, I made that up. TTOT, the, the theology of trying. Well, I'm just trying to pray more every day. I'm just trying. I'm just trying, you know, to read my Bible more every day. But sometimes I set it on my calendar and I just still don't wake up in time. And so yeah, I, I, I tried. I'm just trying to do this thing called life. I'm trying to be more patient with my kids. Woo, I'm just trying that one real hard. I'm trying, Lord. Trying to be more godly. I'm trying to stop procrastinating. I'm trying to eat better, but somehow at 12 and at midnight, the fridge light just turns on. And I reach into the freezer and grab some bluebell. I just, I'm trying to get to bed at a decent time, but Netflix just turns on and draws me in. Just trying to start exercising, trying, but you know, I don't, I don't have a gym membership. You don't need a gym membership to exercise. Some of you may think that, but you don't. All you need is your hands and your body weight and you can start moving. But I'm trying, trying to exercise. I got a 24 hour gym right across the street. Still can't get there. I'm trying, <laughs> trying, I'm trying to get better with my money, but you know, I, I just I, three to four times a week, I still go to Starbucks, still eat out, but, I, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I just want to let you know, I'm trying to get better at all these things. But you see, in order for us to accomplish all these things, we have to first shift our perspective about the theology that we have about it. That we actually have to stop trying and start training. There's a difference. Why don't you look at your neighbor today? Look them in the eye. Here we go again. What's their eye color? Look at their face. Do they have black hair, white hair, brown hair, yellow hair, some colorful color hair because they're crazy. But whatever it is, 
and I want you to tell them, stop trying. No, 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 no. I know y'all awkward and it's okay. I love this moment in my sermon. I look forward to it every time because I want you to feel weird right now because you're looking at a random person you just met. Maybe you didn't. But look at them. Don't look at me. Y'all looking at me right now. Don't look at me. Look at them and tell them, stop trying and start training. Now, look at your second best choice that you neglected to talk to first. I want you to look at them and tell them, stop trying and start training. You see, this is a completely different mindset. And it requires a completely different approach in life. There, there is a there is a massive difference from when you're trying and when you're training. And we often deceive ourselves that that we're that we're training when in reality we're only trying. It, it, it's so funny to me how, how I can look back at my life and I can give myself an excuse from, for why I'm not where I really want to be. Anybody do that? Like, can I tell you, though, today that the enemy is scared or sorry, he isn't scared of you when you're trying. But he is when you're training. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, you see, it's easy for the enemy to distract you when you're trying. It's easy for the enemy to detour you when you're just trying. It's easy for the enemy to throw you off course when you're trying. It's easy for him to throw in some kinks and get you out of sorts. It's easy for him to lie to you when you're trying. Because trying is just an attempt to change with minimal commitment. The enemy knows that we are half-hearted when we are trying. And when we try, we give ourselves permission to fail. We, we give ourselves permission for a way out. That's what happens when we're trying. And when things get tough, trying always fails. Always. You know, in my journey of pastoring, it's, it's, uh, it's always amusing to me when I, I talk to people and, you know, there are people we all face challenges, but someone will be sharing with me some of the challenges that they're facing and that they talk about all this stuff. And then then they, they have this this end note that they say after they have you know been facing all these challenges and been doing this all this time. They, they share with me that that they tried everything to fix it. Or they've tried everything to do it. And I'd say most most of the time I don't say this out loud, but. I will look at people and I will ask the question, have you really tried everything? Like you tried everything. Really? Everything? That's pretty high. I didn't know if I was going to hit it. I thought about it. But I don't know about you, but in my own life, it's, it's, it's funny to me. There have been many times I have said the excuse, I tried everything and nothing worked. I tried it all. And really, when I look back at my decisions, I only kind of tried. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, well, I tried to call them. No, you didn't. 
You secretly hoped they wouldn't answer after one time of calling and you only let it ring twice. You didn't try. Well, pastor, I tried to come to church. I tried. I'm not talking about any of y'all today. Y'all came here. Give yourself an applause. Okay. But we'll give the excuse. Well, pastor, I tried to come to church. No, you didn't. You just didn't get out of bed till 9.57 a.m. when church starts at 10. Because you were out all night acting a fool. And you binge watch Netflix till 4 a.m. How are you going to survive on five hours of sleep, three hours of sleep? Jacked in the fool, not prioritizing being in the house of God. So it was just easy to say, you tried. I tried to come to church. Well, I tried to serve on that team, Pastor. I, just, I tried to join the volunteer team. I tried. No, you didn't. You came to one shadow experience and told them the easiest Christian cop out, I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> we all know. Well, Pastor, I'm going to pray about serving. You don't need to pray. His word says to build his church. Serve the kingdom of God. Use your gifts. And if you don't use it, he'll give it to somebody else. That's what the Bible says. Well, I tried, though, Pastor. No, you didn't. Well, I, y'all ready? I tried to return the tithe and put God first. I tried. No, you didn't. You did it a couple times. And when it got tough, you bailed and you didn't give God the opportunity. And the only part of scripture where he says, test me in this and see. It's the only part. You didn't try. You did it till it was inconvenient. But when you do it long enough and you put it in a consistent lifestyle and you make it to be because of the obedience that God has called us to do and you do it out of a generous nature and out of a selfless concept and mindset, God then does what he does. And you talk to anybody who is a consistent, faithful giver, and they will tell you God comes through in ways you can't explain. God is more faithful than you can ever imagine. He always comes through on sacrifice. He always comes through on faithfulness. He always comes through. Why? Because we live in a world. This is this is crazy to me how we can go to a restaurant and we can get served a meal from a server. And at the end of it, we are expected to do 18 to 20 percent and we'll do it without even thinking. But we'll come to church and the Bible will say in Malachi 310 to bring all the tithe. That's the 10 percent, all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And when we when that comes up, we, we have an excuse of why we don't want to do it. A whole excuse. When. When God is faithful to his word, when he says that he will pour out a blessing on us that we cannot even contain and we can let the world distort our view. And it's, it's amazing to me how people can get upset that we even talk about money, that we even and they'll even say excuses. Well, all that church wants is your money. I'm just saying what you're thinking today. All all they do is ask for money. No. I'm telling you what God said and saying he's asking for your heart. It just so happens to be that there is a byproduct that is the thing that is controlling you every single day. And if you can't put that first with God, stop shifting the blame that it's the church's fault when it's just a deficit on your disobedience. There is a difference. 
Well, I, I tried to break that addiction of alcohol. I tried to not have sex before marriage. I tried to not cheat on my spouse. Did you really? Or are you just giving an excuse for your failed attempt? Because when things got hard, you decided to bail because you and you decided to give in. When things got tough, you were trying. Gave yourself permission to fail. Your trying is not training. Because training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. That's what training is. Do you know the difference? Like when you're when you're trying, you, you just show up and you hope you'll do good. Like like it'd be like going up to a marathon this week. Like you're going to run it's like a, what is it, a triathlon where you do like the biking and the swimming and the running. And it's like eighty seven thousand miles or something crazy like that. Ayers has done that kind of stuff, and I tell him he's lost his marbles. But, <laughs> but it'd be like me showing up to a marathon and saying, well, I'm going to try, and I'm going to die. <laughs> no. When, when, when I show up and I just try, it's completely different. Like, trying is not the same. When I try, I just hope I do good. But when I'm training, you know, the difference is you start getting the gear. Like when you want to exercise and like get yourself fit, you know, and go to the gym, like like you buy the shoes and you even get the socks. They say, like, I'm in this, you know, like something that when you're like ah, and you're looking down, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this. Ah, ah, look up. You buy the shorts. You get the watch because you got to track your steps. You got to say, I'm working out, I'm working out. I'm putting on the fitness thing. All right. <laughs> you get the hat, you get the water bottle, you get the fanny pack, you get it all. You buy the bike, the elliptical. You, you get all the gear. When, when you want to be more organized in your life and you want to become, you know, a better planner. What do you do? You buy the planner. You get the markers. And the pins and the highlighters, get all the stickers. Y'all already know what I'm talking about. Like you get the binder that says like you got like your vision for your life written out. You get all the inserts like of all the goals and tabs and all the things. Why? Because you get the gear when you're in training. You get the gear when you're in training. You get a plan. You create a game plan. Like, do you think that Rocky just showed up? to the fight to Apollo without a plan? No, he had a game plan. He was in training, training. He built a whole game plan up for it. So he didn't show up and say, well, this, this is see how this goes. No, he got some motivation. He, he, he had to get himself ready. I'm trying not to pull a Biden, y'all. I'm trying not to pull a Biden. You got to get a game plan. Somebody say, get a game plan. Get a game plan. I'm only a little out of breath. This is a good workout right here. 
We got it all the way. We can go up and down and in there and go right back up. Thank the Lord. I'm in training. When you create a game plan, what do you do? You get the book. And you start reading. You go to YouTube University. How many of you have like found out the way of life just by YouTube and looking up how to fix your car? Sweating now, y'all. Why did I wear a sweatshirt today? But, but you, you, get, you get it. I didn't get a game plan. That's right. You download the app. It has a plan for you. You do all the things you need to do. You, you go get that gym membership. You find a mentor who will destroy you. Key word. Destroy you. Because if you, if, if you could be it, what you were wanting to be, you would have already been it. And you need a mentor who can literally rip you to shreds. Literally. So you're like, well, that's not, oh, that sounds like a mean mentor. That's not a mentor. No, that's a mentor. Because a mentor will call, call out all the crap. He'll call out all the things in your life. You get a trainer, what's he going to say? Your form's bad. Do it again. Give me another one. Do it again. Nope, nope. You're doing it too fast. Time under tension. You need to go slower. You need to pause. You need to go up again slow. It ain't like this. It ain't like this. No, time under tension. Time under tension. That's a message for somebody. There's time under tension. It takes time and tension to train. When you're trying, you don't want to deal with the time. When you're trying, you don't want to deal with the tension. You want to cut the string. You want to pull the ripcord. You want to say, get me out. Because trying is just minimal commitment. But as believers, we're not trying. We are in training to get close to God. We're not just trying to get close to God. We're not just trying to, 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 to find godliness. No, we are in training for godliness. We are in training to get close to God. So what do you do when you're in training and you're a disciple of Jesus? You get the gear. You, you, you get the Bible or you download the version app on your phone. It gives you a daily scripture every day. It's got plans, Bible plans. You, you, you get the gear. You, you download a prayer app. You get the Skybreak Church t-shirt. So you can run around repping what Jesus is doing. You, you, you get the note journal, and that's why you're on the front row. And they got people who got taking notes. Why? Because they're in training. They want to get better. When you're trying, you don't take notes. When you're trying, you ain't got a journal. Some of y'all pulling out your phone and journal right now. You're like, Lord. I'm serious. Why? Because statistics say you're only going to hear about what? 2% of what I said. Why? You got to take notes. I audio record every sermon. Audio record every leadership session I'm in. Why? Because I know me. I know I won't listen to it all. I know I won't hear it all, rather. I'll listen to it, but not everything's going to stick immediately. And I will go back and I will listen and I'll listen again. Why? Because I'm in training. I'm not just trying to be a good pastor. I'm not just trying to be a good father. I'm not just trying to be a good husband. I'm not just trying to be a good friend. I'm not just trying to be a good leader. I'm in training. And training means I'm still going to mess up. It still means I'm going I'm to wake up too late. And I'm going to miss the workout time. But I'll make it up tonight. Why? Because I got a goal in mind. I know what I'm trying to become. I'm not just trying to be it. I know who I'm training to become. So I get the gear. I get my worship playlist. 
Make my own on Spotify. I see if followers will follow it. I get a plan. I attend church every week. And I don't miss. Because I got a plan. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get closer to God. I want to get in the presence of God. I'm going to serve on a team. I'm going to go to them Skybreak Kids team. And I'm going to love on those kids. I'm going to serve in youth because the next generation matters. I'm going to serve in the parking lot and just smile while I got this flashlight orange thing and just say, come on in. We're ready for you. I get a plan. I get into a small group. Why? Because I can't do life alone. I need to do it with other people because I'm going to fail and I'm going to need people there to help pick me up when I don't know what to think and I don't know what to pray and my marriage is struggling and I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm about to lose it all. They say, you got it, bro. You can do this. You're not in this by yourself. We're going to walk this with you. We're going to cry with you. We're going to laugh with you. We're going to show up when your kid's in the hospital. We're going to show up when you don't know what to do. You need a small group. You need a plan. When you're trying you give up when it's too hard. You give up when you don't feel like it. Like, I just don't feel it today. When I'm trying, I give up. But when you're training, you don't act according to feelings. You act according to the commitment you made. Marriages a lot of times don't work that way. They work according to their feelings rather than their commitment. And we've got, we've got marriages today that want to stand up there and make their own pretty vows. Say, I remember, you know, the day that we met and the sun was glazing through the window. The clouds were glimmering in the sky. I saw you walk out that dress. No, it's for better or for worse for richer or for poorer, for sickness and in health, until death do us part. Not because I saw you and you look good. No, because I made a commitment for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, because you don't know what you're signing up for. We, I do these weddings all the time, and I watch them smile, and they're like, I do. I'm like, you don't know what you're saying I do too. Like, you don't know. You're really saying, I hope, but I'm making the commitment to say, I do. Like, it's a word. Ecclesiastes said it's better to not make a vow than to make one and break it. For sickness and in health. Not just for health and then when sickness gets too tough. For richer or for poor, not just when you get all the money or you you know, or, or if I, we struggle too long, then I'm out. For better or for worse. I'm only with you when things are good, but when, you know, when, you, when your breasts stink and you don't put your laundry up or we can't, we can't stop arguing and you don't make me happy anymore or I wake up, you know, and I just don't feel it, then I'm out. No, for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, for richer or for poor, until death do we part. Because I made a commitment. You see, when you're an athlete, when you're a competitor, when, when you're a, a disciple of Jesus, when you're fighting for something that matters, you have a vision for it. You have a goal for it. You have a dream for it. And you have, as a follower of Jesus, you have an assignment for it. Something that God has picked for you. And to, to, to you, 
trying apart from training is unthinkable when you're a follower of Jesus. When you have a vision and a goal. Trying is like it's not even an option to try. I am only in training. Let's read it again. First Corinthians chapter nine. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. It doesn't say I just run without purpose. No, every step is intentional. Every step is full of purpose. Every step is full of grace. Every step is saying, God, am I on the right path? Every step is walking and saying, bro, are you with me? Every step is on purpose. I don't just casually do this. Like I'm dancing like I don't know how. No, I step with purpose every single step for the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, the Bible says. I step with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing, it says. I'm not just fighting with the air. Then it says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. You see, when I'm trying, I'm hoping to become something I'm not. But when I'm training, I'm getting better at what I already am. That's the difference. We're not trying. We're in training. I'm not trying to just save my marriage. No, I'm believing that I have a great marriage and I'm in training. I'm not just trying to be a better parent. No, I'm believing that I'm a godly parent and I'm in training. You, you got to change your perspective. I'm not just trying to become more popular or, or people to get known. No, I am training to please God with a life of righteousness for the glory of God. There's a difference. You aren't trying to become something you're not. You are training to become who God says you are. So here is the big question. The question of the day. Based on who you want to become, how are you going to train? And I would even add that based on who God says you are to become, how are you going to train? Because there's ideas that we have of ourselves, and there's the God, the, the God idea that he has for us. But when you're going to train for the plan that God has for you, what do you do? You get the gear, you get the plan because you're not trying, you're training. You're not trying, you're training. Somebody said, I'm not trying, I'm in training. I'm not trying, I'm in training. I want us to stand up all across this room today. You see, scripture never tells us to try. It doesn't say try to be godly. That's not what it says. No, 1 Timothy 4 says instead, in verse 7, train yourself to be godly. Not try. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life You see, it's hard to train yourself to be what you're called to be or to run with purpose in every step when you don't know the one who holds your calling and your purpose. And you see, some of you right now, 
You're trying to get better. You're trying to live right. You're trying with everything in you to just be a good person. You're trying not to sin. You're, you're trying to live for God. And I came to preach to you today to tell you, you've been trying for too long. It's too long. It's hard for us to train without a trainer because the trainer sees what you don't see. The, the, the trainer guides you in the things that you don't know and the things that you may be inadequate at or ignorant to or unknown about. And they guide you one step at a time. You're not gonna walk in with a trainer in a fitness gym and they're gonna throw 300 pounds on the bench press and say, let's try it out. No, that's not a good trainer. You should leave immediately and get your money back. No, a good trainer comes in, takes you just as you are, provides an assessment to say, okay, here is now the step forward. But they'll take you as you are. They don't say, go and you know, okay, um, I want you to go lose 100 pounds first and then come and then I'll train you. They don't say that. They say, all right, come on, we're gonna build a plan together and this is the things you're gonna do. And you see, and the whole point of me standing up here today, pointing you to a greater purpose in your life is so that you can see this, that the only way to achieve a life that is fulfilling, the only way to achieve a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that will live beyond your last breath, the only way to achieve that is by accepting Jesus into your life and begin a step of living for him. It's the only way, the only way, because he is the ultimate trainer. He is the one who can set you free today. He is the one who can restore your brokenness. He is the one who can make all things new in your life. And you can do what the Bible says, and that is be born again. Becoming a new creation in Christ where your past will be gone. And you can step forward in a new creation in Christ. The Bible says, and behold, all things shall become new. So my question in this moment, in the presence of God, is do you know Jesus today? Not do you know of Jesus. No, do you know Jesus? If you were to leave this place today and your life, God forbid, were to come to an end on the ride home, could you answer right now where you would spend eternity? I know that's a hard question, but are you confident that you would walk through the gates of heaven if your life ended on the way home? If not, then I want to pray with you today because there is a God who sent his son Jesus to lay down his life for you, to take on your sin, to nail them to a cross, to, to bleed his powerful blood. And he did it all so you could have life and life to the full. He did it all so you wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell 
you could spend it in heaven with him. So with every eye closed, every head bowed in this moment, if you don't know Jesus today and you want to make the decision, the best decision of your life to follow Jesus and ask him into your heart or maybe you're back today and you haven't been living for God and you know you need to and it's time to come home to the Father. And you say, I need to know Jesus again today. I know him more I know of him. I I want to know him. Then I want to count to three. And if that's you and you're, you're saying to me, I want to know Jesus. I want to ask him into my life. I want him to lead my life. If he can do what you're saying and he can make all things new and he can restore my brokenness, if he can wash away my past, which the Bible says he can do all of that, then I want Jesus. Well, if that's you, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want you just to lift your hand up so I know who I'm praying with today. Ready? One, two, three. Just lift them up. Lift them up. Lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them high. I want to know Jesus today. I want him to make all things new. Just lift them high. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you all the way on the floor. I see you. I see you. I see you all the way up there. I need Jesus to restore me. I need him to wash away my past. I'm broken. I'm lost. I need Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want us to pray this prayer out loud. Pray it out loud where your ears can hear you. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean and help me to live a new life in you. I accept you today as Lord and leader of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we celebrate, before we celebrate, I wanna ask a step of faith today. The Bible tells us that if we will acknowledge Jesus before man, that he will acknowledge us before the Father. And the step I want you to take today is a, is a faith step, a step that is action, is an action. And when I count to three, if you made that decision and you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, there were hands all up across this room. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know on the inside of you, I need to make that decision. I want to actually shake your hand. I wanna pray with you. I wanna welcome you to the family of God. I'd love for you to, by a step of faith, when I count to three, for you to get out of the aisle and just walk down here and come right down to the altar so we can celebrate with you and we can welcome you to the family of God. So if that's you, ready, one, two, three. I want you to get out of your seat. Come right down here to the front. Come on, come on, come on, church. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, man. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome. Come on, just stay right here. Stay at the front. Stay at the front. Stay at the front. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Proud of your decision. Proud of your decisions. Just stay right here. Stay right here. Proud of your decision. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. 
there. Keep coming. Come on. Keep them coming. Just come to the front. Just come right here. Come right here. God bless you. God bless you. I want to give you a couple instructions. They're still coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come right here. Let's squeeze it in. God bless you. God bless you. Can I tell you today, this is the best decision of your life. The best decision of your life. And you're not meant to do this, this journey alone. You're not meant to do it alone. You're meant to do it with other people called the body of Christ. And just like I need you, you need me. We need each other. And, I, and you're probably asking yourself, okay, well, I made this decision. What do I do now? Uh, we wanna help you with your next steps. I, I have a whole team ready. They're already ready. We have a special room that we've designated to, for this very moment because I wanna give you a Bible. You need the word of God. That is the manual for life. You need a Bible in your hand to know what God's word says. And you need your next steps. What, what do I do now? What, what step do I take from here? What does this look like? We wanna give all those things to you. We wanna pray with you. And we want to celebrate with you. And so what I want us to do, I'm going to, I'm going to say a quick prayer over all of you. And I'm going to dismiss you right into this way. Our whole team is ready for you. Right down here, you're going to follow this young lady in a green shirt. She's going to take you right to this room. And family, if you want to come with them, you're welcome to come. They're going to meet you in the South Lobby in just like three to five minutes. Not even going to take long. We can just give them their material. And we're going to pray over them. Church, let's just stretch our hands toward all these people today. These are new beginnings. Father, I thank you for every single person making this decision. Lord, we pray today, Lord, that they would walk by faith and not by sight. And when the enemy wants to try to creep in and say this decision doesn't matter, God, we know that today they have become a new creation in Christ. That salvation is instant and sanctification, meaning the working of your word is going to take day by day. That we're not going to be perfect. But God, I pray, Lord, that they would get connected into the body so they can grow in their faith. They can follow the path that you have for them. So they can step with every, have purpose in every step. That they would trust you. That they would follow you. They would get planted in your church and grow in their faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right, I want to dismiss you guys right here that made that decision right this way. We're going to go right this way. Come on, church, let's give it up for all these people. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. All right, right this, way, right this way. God bless you. Hey, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. God bless you. God bless you.